Hello, and welcome to Maine Education Matters with Matt and Matt. My name's Matt. I'm Matt, too. So, we have an emergency podcast today. Ringy dingy dingy. <laughs> That's the alarm bell going off, folks. So, we have a series on LD166 that we're cutting into the middle here. We are. Uh, because the DOE put out a priority notice, priority notice, priority notice. Yeah, this was, this was released on uh, September 25th, 2018, and it was... Uh, Basically, the DOE's way of saying, hey, just so you know, this whole thing happened this past summer, and here's our take on what it means and what we're going to say going forward. So, it is guidance on the new high school diploma law, which mm, I'm not sure if that's worded correctly, if you heard our first one, but we're going to talk about it today, and we're going we're gonna to discuss the, the announcement. We're going to s- discuss their side-by-side comparison and kind of just give you an idea of what everything is. Sure. So, I mean, it, you, we'll, we'll put all the links to everything that we're going to talk about today, including this uh, guidance piece in, in the show notes on the Facebook page, link to it via Twitter, or however, however we're going to do it. You'll, you'll be able to access it. And also um, a direct link to this uh, side-by-side comparison, because um, I will say that I have found it actually really helpful to be able to have that side-by-side comparison and not have to do my own so that it's all just right there and it seems fairly accurate so okay. let's just let's just get to, let's get down to it okay so we'll let's talk about the, the guidance letter first that came out and it gives you a little bit of background about how governor lepage signed into law uh a, a, a law basically to award either proficiency based or credit-based diplomas yeah As e- we, we've talked about before it's a parallel system now it's a parallel system you can choose one or the other and DOE's in the process of doing rulemaking now to figure out how they're going to manage and how districts can manage that. So the DOE put out a side-by-side comparison, and it says to help inform school districts and public about the new law. Uh, they provided this comparison. While the new law provides opportunities for flexibility and innovation in awarding a high school diploma, it also presents challenges. And the side-by-side comparison kind of lays it all out there. It does. It's, all, it's also important to, to note that um, this change in the law and they say this in the guidance document, actually doesn't take effect until December 13th of 2018. So it's actually not in law yet, or it is in law, but it doesn't actually say, it doesn't start. The, the, the race doesn't begin until December 13th. Um, and like it says here, it removes the mandate that a high school diploma be based on a student's demonstration of proficiency in the main learning results. And instead makes a proficiency-based diploma one of two options. And like Matt said a minute ago, like you said a minute ago, since we're talking to each other, not to an abstract thing in the middle of nowhere, um, (laughs) that there are challenges and there are ways in which the law has to kind of, and the the DOE rules have to sync up with the law. Okay, so let's let's get right into it. So we're looking at at the comparison. We're going to start with the big one, state requirements for the award of diploma. Right. So the, as we said before, the, the easiest way to think about this is there for proficiency-based rules, there's three basic bullets. Um, profi- demonstrate proficiency in all content areas, all eight of them, um, which we listed the ELA, math, social studies, science, career and education development. I'm not going to forget that one this time. World languages, health and PE, and health and PE. Oh, visual performing arts. Visual performing arts. I had it written down somewhere and I've not even looking at my list because I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to mess that up this time. I was just waiting for them all. There you go. Uh, so we got all eight content areas. So it's not saying that you could do just a few, all of them. Uh, demonstrate proficiency in the guiding principles of the main learning results. That's going to be come up a little later. Mm-hmm. And the educational experiences bit. 
Okay, so the credit-based diploma law is, again, it's, it's uh, 4722 in Maine law, and it's credits in English, four years, social studies and history, including American history, government, civics, and personal finance, two years, mathematics, two years, science, including at least one year of lab study, two years, and fine arts, which may include art, music, forensics, or drama, one year. Now, there's, the, I mean, that's a pretty standard the way it's been forever. There's one thing there that I didn't really realize until right this second. Uh, the fine arts one can include forensics. Yeah. I, I guess I've never noticed that one before. I think that's a new addition. Interesting. I don't remember seeing that in previous editions of the of the statute, but it, it could it could have been there. I just don't remember seeing yeah, it. Yeah, I don't remember seeing it either. So it's very traditional, uh, and it, it does talk about credits in. It does talk about credit. Well, yeah, credit based based on years of completion. Right, and that's it. You're right. We we don't know what it means to complete a year. Um, so where it seems that that's more clear, it actually opens up a lot of questions. Like, well, what does it mean to get a year? And we have tons of years of history to think about what that all means, and passing classes, and all that other historical uh, reference points of how we've done school in the past. So. But there's, it, there are some confusing parts to that. Of what does that there all is. mean? Whereas the other side demonstrate proficiency. That also brings level of confusion and still lack of clarity of what it all means to do that in all eight areas. And at what level does it have to be? So it does help in some ways, but it also does not answer any of the questions, which I think what the rulemaking is going to help. Okay, do. so let's look at the next one. The next one yep. talks about locally determined requirements for awarded diploma. Um, and a little background here. Maine is a local control state which means that uh, basically other than those very, very broad requirements that we just talked about, uh, each school board and each school district can set their own requirements. Yeah. Okay, and these are actually very similar with a couple of exceptions. So do you want to go through uh, the proficiency-based part, what's allowed there? Sure. Okay. Um, so what's allowed under the proficiency-based diploma law is that they are – specified by the local governing bar, uh, body. Typical examples include participation in assessments, specific courses, endorsements or badges, uh, service learning exhibitions or post-secondary plans. Um, now, that's all basically the same in the credit-based diploma law. However, instead of, um, it adds a couple things like participation in, assess participation in assessments, same. Additional courses and credits. Instead of specific courses, Additional, additional courses. courses. So again, since the credit base is based on the years, you, a, a school unit could add more requirements. So if you wanted to more add years, right? More years. So if you right. wanted to add four years of math, you could a, a local district could do that. Right. Um, if you wanted to add service learning or post secondary plans or grade or score thresholds, and I'm not, I am not clear as to what that actually means. What I think that means is, uh, so I know some school districts in the. Basically, if it, well, let's put it this way. A little bit of, of background here. In a traditional credit-based diploma system, I'm going to assume that most people think that's a 0 to 100 grading system also. Okay. Oh, this is the, this is the passing or not passing. That's what I'm, I'm assuming this means. So if you have a grade or a score threshold, then you could set your requirement as 70 to pass or 60, 60 to pass or 30. anything you want. It's allowed to have your own grading and scoring thresholds. So you can make that really anything you want at the local level because that's allowed sure. by law. I guess my question is how is how how does proficiency proficiency based diploma not align with that either? 
Because aren't there still going to be thresholds to be met for passing or for meeting expectations or demonstrating proficiency? I, I crickets. Crickets. I, I would assume. I would assume that you would say with a proficiency, you 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 meet it, and if you don't meet it, you're still not there yet. So there's still a score threshold. Kind or is of, it? But I see where they're going with this comparison. Okay. So I get. I totally get that. I think that's going to be a question that's going to be raised I by a lot feeling. of folks. Yes, I have that feeling. All right, let's go to let's the move next it on. one. Uh, this one is about applicability of content area standards of the main learning results to the diploma. What is the proficiency-based one saying? Certification of proficient in all eight content areas required for a, for a diploma. The credit-based one says all secondary school students expected to achieve the standards. Certificate, certification of achievement is not required by state for diploma. I... I'm wow. a little bit confused by some of the wording of this one because I am too. on the proficient side, proficient is in like quotation marks. Is in marks. quotation marks. So certification of proficient in all eight content areas. And on the credit based side, it says all secondary all secondary school students expected to achieve the standards. So wink, it's wink. So it's different between the, the two the two the two issue here is in on one side you have quote proficient, the other side you have quote achieve. But but then the next part says the next part certification of achievement is not required by state for diploma. I'm not quite sure how those match up. I don't I don't either. You're I'd, expected to achieve them, but yeah, it's not a really big deal if you don't. Is what I'm kind of reading that I must be reading that wrong, right, Matt? I I, I yeah I, I I would hope so because I would think that you 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 have to achieve. But maybe oh maybe it's they're talking about the the transcript or the or the school certifying the achievement whatever the certification level means in terms of doe because that word certify is all through the proficiency-based diploma law um so maybe it's that level of certification that it doesn't mean no you don't have to certify or get a stamp of approval or you know get it you know for lack of a better term get it notarized right whatever that whatever that certification process means in other words it might be interpreted to say well no your grade the grade is the certification of achievement okay you don't need to do that for the diploma, but the greatest you, you've now certified it, which I would then question, well, isn't that what it the same way think be for the proficiency based diploma? Like if you certify if you get a you're demonstrating proficiency on the report card, on the transcript, isn't that certifying I don't know. So many darn questions. A lot of questions still, even though this is this is laying it out the difference as well, but there's still questions that that arise. So moving oh, on. Next one, yeah. This is this is kind of a big one. Uh, in my opinion, at least, okay. uh, because this is the applicability of the guiding principles of the main learning results of the diploma. The okay. guiding principles have been a major part of main teaching and learning for decades. Mm -hmm. And under the proficiency-based diploma law, it says certification of, quote, proficient in the guiding principles are required for a diploma. This is, this is consistent with what it's been since the beginning. That since, sounds great. Right? We want to make sure that our students are self-directed lifelong learners, clear, effective communicators, um, et cetera. All the rest of the guiding principles. Okay, let's go to the credit-based diploma. Credit-based diploma. Guiding principles, none specified. None specified. That's all it says. Okay. So in a... Don't have to do it. Don't have to do it. And, the, and, we don't, and schools don't have to intentionally and explicitly measure or monitor or support our students in learning how to be those guiding and meeting those guiding principles why do we want kids to be responsible and involved citizens anyway? I, 
the heck with that? Well, that's 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 done into social studies, isn't it? Oh, that's right. That's right. And clear, effective communication. Clearly, just ELA writing, right? That's all. That's all. That's just writing. It's all about five paragraph essays. Five paragraph essays and uh, narratives. Okay. Yep. Good. So let's go to the next one. Students with disabilities, state requirements for a diploma. Uh, uh, under the proficiency-based diploma law, as specified by the IEP team, students must complete all diploma requirements. Tasks and accommodations must, quote, maintain integrity of the standards. Okay. So under proficiency-based law, the standards are the standards are the standards, all at the same rigor. Yes. Right? So basically, all kids have to meet all requirements as specified by the IEP team. Correct. Okay. Well... That seems pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward there. All right. The second one, again, is that the way the law was, it says, as specified by goals and objectives of their individual ind education plan, students must meet the standards of the main learning results and students must satisfy grad requirements. Okay. So it doesn't say anything about maintaining the integrity of the standards. It says meeting the standards of the main learning results. It doesn't say... As specified by their IEP, basically. As specified by their IEP. Yeah. So... So could so that could be interpreted a lot of different ways. Um, this, is, the, where, this is a big one. Right? This is a big one. The, where yeah. the meet integrity means, like, if you're in the high school area, you should the, the, you should be taking high school level standards, but also being accommodated to meet those in various pathways. Sure. So, you know, a student who who has an exceptionality can still compare and contrast, can still do things at the analysis level, but we can't then alter that assessment or that uh, standard to be identify or to describe because it's a lower level of cognitive demand, cognitive rigor. And so what that maintain integrity is saying, well, you got to keep it there. It doesn't say that in the other side. So it just says meet, it says meet the standards of the main learning results. So does that mean they can drop the rigor back if the standards in earlier years change that? If, if the IEP says you're a 10th grader, but you're working at a fifth grade reading level, let's say, so we're just going to work you at the fifth grade standards and not keep that level of integrity and i think that's where it's going but i could be wrong yeah so we uh, again this is just let's let's keep talking about this one so the next one talks about career and technical education cte students state requirements for diploma yeah this is something that we, we actually haven't talked about before but mm -hmm. the demonstration of proficiency in six content areas of the end the end of the guiding principles so it's not all eight mm. it's only six okay and complete state approved cte program and meet third-party verified state or national industry standards or earn six credits in a dual enrollment CTE program. So they don't have to do everything under the sun because they're spending so much time at their CTE program uh, during their years. So they don't have to do all eight content areas because mm -hmm. it might be asking a bit much to time do. Time-wise. Time time, like, yeah, like legitimate time-wise to do yep. all that stuff. And so you can do either a third-party verified certification, a national certification by... Um, by one of the various uh, organizations, you know, or you could get dual enrollment if, if, if CTE programs have a dual enrollment program through like a the community college system of Maine or the new Maine university system. Sure. That sounds, that sounds pretty solid to me, mm -hmm. right? You know, it takes time for those kids to get to, for in the most part, in, in my district, uh, we send kids, we have to send kids to Augusta sure. for, the, for the CTE program and it takes time to get there. You know, travel time during the day, it takes time to get there, and they're there for either the morning or the afternoon. Sure, most districts don't have one in, in their, their district themselves, so exactly. they have to transport folks, yeah. people. So, so there is a legitimate time concern. Sure. And uh, also a lot of these programs require, I believe, 350 or, or so out contact hours mm -hmm. in order to even get 
baseline certification. So that right there, if you break all that time down into the actual course of the school year, that's a tremendous amount of time, sure. a significant amount of time. And so there has, there, there, it is a kind of way of saying, okay, well, you don't have to do everything we'd like you to, but yep. you don't have to. But you're also coming the out minimum requirement with some type of, um, it says third-party verified state or national industry standard. So they're getting some type of certificate when they come out. They're getting for the they're, program that they were in. They're getting a certificate that can bring them right to some post-secondary either exactly. schooling or employment because they are going to be certified in at, at whatever level there is. Right, that they're ready to go. They're ready to go. They've they've proven they can do it. Okay. So what does it say for the uh, credit-based diploma? Okay, in the credit-based, it says may, with the approval of the commissioner, satisfy minimum state-mandated course requirements with CTE through separate or integrated study within CTE curriculum. In courses. Okay, so I'm a little confused by this anyway. So basically, they may satisfy minimum state mandated cor course requirements. Okay, so I'm assuming what that means is the years thing that we talked about at the top of this podcast, mm -hmm. right? ELA, social studies, math, science, et cetera, et cetera, with CTE through separate or integrated study within CTE curriculum and courses. Mm -hmm. But why is it may satisfy in I didn't know you needed commissioner approval to go to CTE is basically what this is saying. I think this is saying stuff like the, with the integrated study of a CTE curriculum and courses, the commissioner has to sign off on that. If we're talking about... Is that, is that new? I've never heard of that one. I've, I've, Maybe I, it was there and I'm just ignorant of I didn't think this was happened. a commissioner sign off thing because if this is the case, you're going to have a lot of kids who are going to be, they're going to be doing a lot of signing off on people because yeah the cte programs are very popular the cte programs are very popular they're gaining in popularity um and you have to sign for everyone and there's so well i think what it's saying is, is is to meet the diploma requirements you're doing so also through your cte program sure you get like type, you get credits basically for taking cte courses you they they're assigned credits in yeah. local high schools yeah the 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 main the main cte folks have been doing a great job of actually doing a lot of crosswalking and intersecting Absolutely. of the standards and uh so there's a lot of places a lot of programs you could say like well we're doing a lot of the ela expectations here and the math expectations and the science expectations and the visual performing arts expectations here and the health expectations like in health occupations um, an EMS. So you have these opportunities for our students to to crosswalk and to uh, get get these these standards. But so, in the proficiency based rule, you can just do it right there. But in the it sounds to me like in the credit based rule, you can do it with approval of the commissioner. Yeah, that's, that's is that just, how it's reading to you? It, it sounds that way. And I'm not sure if that's new or not. So we'll, we'll have to find that one out. I think this is one of the areas where the DOE is going to make some rules on it. But yeah. I think this is also an area where um, people should start asking questions and should start asking folks like DOE, like, what does this mean? Because right. if districts are going to start making this choice of which way to go and they have to make this decision, let's say, by December 13th, which when the law is enacted and, you know, schools want to be compliant with the law and school districts and districts want to be compliant with the law, they're going to want these things answered. So what does that actually mean for our students? Okay, let's go to the next one. Programmatic curricular and instructional requirements specified in diploma laws. So under the proficiency-based diploma law, it says schools must provide, quote, sufficient opportunity and capacity through multiple pathways for all students to study, bracket, in the eight content areas of the main learning results. So schools must provide sufficient opportunity and capacity for multiple pathways. Yep. 
so if it doesn't work for one kid one way, how can you get it to work another way? Interestingly, the credit-based diploma law says exactly the same. The thing. exact same thing. Multiple pathways are still a thing. Even though it's based on years. Even though it's based on years. So you could, you, it doesn't have to be through. So let's just say you're a school. Okay. I'm a school. Okay. One, but there's only one high school for the district, and there's only one physical education teacher. This is something that happens in many schools across the state. Mm-hmm. Um, if so, the answer is let's say your local school requirement is one full year of physical education. So you have to meet that based on your your normal school district rules as locally determined. Mm-hmm. So you have one opportunity to get there through that particular course, that teacher, but let's say that doesn't really work for you. How do you go about doing that with only one PE teacher in that school district, in that school to still meet that one year requirement? Do you do an independent study? Do you do independent tutoring on um, physical education? Is this a area where you need something like, where, where district, I think, do I need a 504 or an IEP for this? You don't. Because the law says you can, quote, must, you must provide sufficient opportunity and capacity with multiple pathways. So if it doesn't work for one kid, how are you going to do that? And in the case of the uh, credit-based, it's got to be a year if that's your rule, which is a common rule. Okay. So I may have just babbled a bit there, but I hope people know what I was talking about. Let's, let's give us your feedback, please. Please. We're going to skip the next two and save those for the end. So we'll go right to transcript requirements. Mm-hmm. Okay, what does proficiency base say? Uh, there are two parts to it. One, certification of content area, quote, must be included with the permanent transcript. Okay. Two, certification of post-secondary readiness based on objective measures. Okay. So that second part is also the only part on the credit-based diploma law. Right. Certification of post-secondary readiness based on objective measures. It skips the certification of content area proficiency. Right. Which kind of makes sense because it's not a proficiency-based side. Right. And that goes back up to the uh, stuff where we're saying under the applicability of content areas that certification of achievement is not required by state for the diploma under the credit-based rules. So whereas the one that's saying we have to certify or you, a student, you know, you don't need a diploma. You can still be certified under the diploma and the proficiency-based rule. Um, this one, the, the credit base says, no, nah, don't need any kind of certification whatsoever. Okay, so the official academic credential of these two sides are basically just restating the same thing. For yes. The, for the proficiency-based law, it says you have a certification of content area proficiency and a transcript. Correct. And on the credit-based side, it's just the transcript. Just a transcript. Which totally makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we skipped a couple things. Yeah, we did. Okay, and I think this is where a lot of the confusion comes in, which is why we're doing some of these podcasts. And I think it's also why we started with this. Because yeah. there's so much confusion and so much turmoil and angst about this particular law based on these particular lines. Okay. So these two things that we skipped were pedagogical approaches, i.e. methods of teaching, and grading slash scoring approaches. Right. What does the proficiency-based side say? So the, the proficiency-based law dictates absolutely no pedagogical approaches that they are determined by the local governing body. The same thing with grading and scoring approaches. The law does not dictate or mandate any kind of grading or scoring approach. Those grading practices are determined by the local governing body. Okay. 
Well, I like what the credit one is going to say because this is going to be completely different, right? There, we definitely I, put approaches in. I'm literally here. on the edge of my seat. I'm about to fall. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. These are the pedagogical approaches, i.e. methods of teaching and the grading scoring approaches that are uh, mandated by the credit-based diploma law. Okay. I'm on I'm, 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 I'm weighted, bated breath. Okay. Um, there aren't any. Again, it's determined by local governing body. But what about what about grading and scoring approaches? The one to four, zero to one hundred, zero to one hundred, A B C D. Oh my God! Yeah, those got to so, be so in law. That's got to be in law, they, right? With, let, let's find them. Wait, wait a minute. Let's. Hey, they're not there. They're not there in either one. In either one. That's weird. No, it's not weird. Uh, it's why? it's actually not weird because those things should be left up to the local school district to decide, and in fact, the local teachers and schools to really work out because they're going to know their students the best and they're going to have the best expertise on how to do this. And it shouldn't necessarily be a, a mandate by the state. It should be left up to the locals, especially in our locally controlled state. You just said not necessarily mandated by the state. Or it shouldn't be necessarily by the state at all. At all. I was going to say, is, Thank you. is there any wiggle room there that, that would definitely say like a one to four approach or zero to 100 approach or an A to F approach is the best for our state? I, I would say that what, what they should do is create a framework that would say, make sure the grading practices that you do are supported by evidence-based practices and research-based practices that are shown to work a measure what's best for kids. Um, and then it's up for the school district to determine how to do that. That would be consistent with the way that they've done everything else. Do you know if there's any state in this country that mandates a grading approach? I don't know. I don't believe there is. But I could be wrong, only because that's a really hard thing to mandate. It's a really hard thing to mandate. It's a really hard thing to monitor um, unless, I don't know. I, know. I do know there are states that mandate, you know, textbooks. Oh, there yeah, are states absolutely. that mandate those kind of, that they, they go down to that level of uh, in the classroom level work. But I don't know of any dis what you're, What you're teaching, but not how you teach. But not it. how they teach. That's That would be an impossible monitoring approach right there. Yeah, I think that's more of a, of a district and or possibly even just a school. Sure, yeah, which uh, makes total sense. Again, you said the schools know their kids the best, the best way to, to teach those kids. Right. And I think there's a variety of approaches that need to be made. Sure, there's not, it's not even just the teaching of the kids, but, it's, but it is also the grading and reporting of it. And Absolutely. So, so the, the grading and reporting... It could be a high school needs to do it differently than an elementary school because if they're reporting out to post-secondary schools and post-secondary schools are looking for something in particular, like a 1 to 100 or, or 1 to 4 or ABCDF or draft tomato avocado, whatever the grading scale might be. I like that one. Thank you. Um, I like avocados. Oh, they're, 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 really, they're really good. Um, but uh, whatever they're looking for, well, we can craft that kind of transcript to report out to them. Sure. Um, but I don't. I don't see, I don't think, of, I don't know of any states. We can look into that. and We will look into that, yeah. I don't, I don't know if there's any advantage or disadvantage to that, um, only because in colleges there is, there, contrary to popular belief, there is a variety of approaches in colleges, and the transcripts that they get yeah. are not all one particular grading system or oh, not no. one particular approach um, at all. No, I've, so, I've talked. I've talked to uh, admissions officers where they say, "Yeah, we get transcripts with 100 percent, with one to four. We get we get GPAs where they're over 5.0." Mm -hmm. Well, how does that happen? Well, weighted grading. I like the one where they told me they got smiley faces, frowny faces, neutral faces. Right. And everybody laughed in the room, and then he said, "I'm I'm not, not joking. <laughs> I, I actually got one of those." Yeah. Uh, and we we took the kid because of the other stuff. The you know the. Uh, 
the letters of recommendation, the essays, the just the, the overall kit. It's not all about the grading practice. It's not about the grading practices. It's about the all the stuff that comes along with kids. Yeah, and, and the admissions officers are very well trained in, in understanding these things and interpreting. Anyway, all right. what, what it basically says, what we're basically trying to say here is that in either situation, whichever way you, a district decides to go, proficiency-based or credit-based, the law does not legislate or mandate pedagogical or teaching and uh, teaching methods of teaching approaches and it does not mandate how a district is going to do the scoring that's up to the individual schools and or districts to decide okay so we're going to wrap up this emergency session and next episode we'll be back to our uh, normal series on ld 1666 that'll be out in about a week or so we hope you enjoyed this one please give us feedback on our twitter page at main ed matters or or on our facebook page which is facebook facebook.com slash Main Education Matters. So give us feedback all you can. We appreciate your listening. All right. Bye. Bye.